0: Hey, and welcome to the Bikers Church Midrand Podcast. It's great to have you join us for this week's episode. We hope that you find this valuable for your daily life. This morning, we want to continue in... What we've been doing over the last three, last three weeks, and then we skipped a week, and then now we're continuing. We're speaking around the armor of God. Paul comes in and he, he writes a letter to the church in Ephesus. And he writes this beautiful letter of of how to live out this rich, satisfying life that John 10.10 10 speaks of. He he writes to the church and he, and he says to them that you have entered into this rich, satisfying life through the grace of Christ. Through the grace of God and the life of Christ and the sacrifice of Christ. And you get to live this out with a daily decision. To extend grace to your family, your wives and husbands and and children, to your church community, to your social setting, and, and, and to your workplace. And wherever your feet might land you, we get to extend this grace. Paul comes to the end of it and he says, do everything in your power to extend this grace, to live out this grace towards the people around you. But just one final thing. Know that not everything is in your power. Sometimes some things are out of your control. And we said this, we said that there are days where where it's like all hell is broken loose in my life. You know, I'm just minding my own business, going about my day, and the next moment everything goes wrong. And we wonder sometimes, maybe hell has a little something to do with it, because that's kind of what it feels like. All right? When these things happen, when we step into this, these situations, Paul says that God has given us certain defenses to help us through these times. And he describes it as armor. First, he comes and he speaks about truth the truth of God, not, not that whole my truth, your truth, my idea of what's true. No. The truth of the word of God. And that's where our whole memory truth spawned from. Is that we as a church learn what God says in his word. And that we get to hold on to it on a daily basis. To grow closer to him. To extend his grace to everybody around us. And when everything goes muff, then we can hold on to who God is and the truth of who he is. The second thing is the righteousness of Christ. This righteousness that Christ comes and he confers on us, that he gives us, that holds everything together, kind of like a breastplate, kind of like a suit of armor. The first one was a belt, the truth holds everything together. The second one is a breastplate that protects us. How does the righteousness of Christ protect us? Well, we aren't righteous in ourselves. Um, just sit in the traffic for five minutes and you'll, you'll know this. Uh, the thing is, Christ come in, comes and he, he gives us his righteousness. And he says, you are now in right standing before God. Why? Because I've given it to you. So go boldly to the, your father and speak to him and grow in a relationship with him and get to know who he is. Then we spoke of Peace. Peace is the the third (laughs) piece of armor that he speaks of. This piece that we step into. It's kind of like shoes that you have to actually take the first step and step into those shoes. It's a daily decision to step into the peace that comes from the gospel of Jesus Christ. And all that has led us to today where we continue reading on in Ephesians 6 and verse 16. It says, in addition to all these, in addition to truth, the righteousness of Christ, and peace, in addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. So today, our next piece of defense is faith. When we read that, when we read, in addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil, there's a few words that can stand out for us. The first of which stand out for a lot of people is the devil. I don't know why, but it, you know, inevitably it does. And for some of us, we go, the devil, really? Wasn't that like a children's church story to make kids afraid of doing things wrong? And, and for others of us, we're kind of in a place where, oh, the devil, I knew it. I just couldn't see him behind that bush, but now I know it. And wherever you fall on the spectrum, all right, I want to say to you that the devil really couldn't care less whether we recognize him or not. But what he cares about is our distraction. And those things, both of those sides leads to our distraction because our distraction will lead ultimately to our destruction, And that's what he's interested in. He doesn't care whether we look out for him or not, whether we recognize him or not. The second word, or the second couple of words that stand out for us when we read that scripture is fiery arrows. Now, it's an interesting metaphor, but have you, have you ever been faced with doubt? Things like, did God really say this, that, and the other? Is God truly interested in you how about is God really loving and we're sitting in a church is God really here we've all faced doubts haven't we how about temptation nobody will know no one will ever find out nobody gets hurt by this so often we get we get tempted to trade our character to trade our trust to trade our relationships for temporary escapes and temporary pleasures. How about fear? Fear of the future, fear of failure, fear of loneliness, fear of commitment, any of those. How about plain lies? After what you've done, how can God love you? How can you deserve someone? How can you deserve this? How can you want that? You, you, don't, you're not, you don't measure up to that. You're not enough. You'll never be enough. You'll always fail. If we hear these words, if we, we see these accusations, it's, it's easy to understand why Paul equated these things to fiery arrows that can pierce us. And hurt us. And set our lives on fire. So, we really, really, really need this faith that we can hold up against these things that come against us. So, the question is, what is faith? Let's start there. Now, I have a really, really good story. I don't know if it's true. I kind of doubt if it's true. I don't know. Hey, speak about faith and you have doubts in your story. How's that? I don't think this story is true, but it communicates a fantastic truth. So one day, there was this guy named Jack, and Jack went on a hike all by himself. And this little trail that he took, took him right to the edge of a cliff. He'd done it before, and and he kind of knew the limits. But this day, Jack got a little too close. A rock went, and Jack went down. And in, in, in the fear and in the commotion, Jack just grabs to, onto whatever he could. And it turns out to be a branch of a very, very, very small tree growing out of the side of a cliff face. Jack is hanging on, and as he looks up, he sees these, these little tree roots starting to let go. As Jack hangs on, he's like, okay, I'm going to look down. He looks down and all he sees is a, a sheer drop to certain death. So Jack does what any self-respecting man will do. And he goes, help, help. Is there anybody up there? Help. Nobody answers. This kind of turns into Jack's chorus. Help, help. Is there anybody up there? Help. His, his arm starts feeling like it's on fire as he's hanging on. And then his hand starts cramping as he holds on even, even tighter. And then, I don't know if you've ever been there, but, but that, that fiery burning sensation turns into a painful numbness. I, I don't understand it, but that's kind of what's happening. You know, It's the most excruciating pain as your arm goes numb. And all he has to do is help, help Is there anybody up there? Help. Suddenly, Jack hears a voice. Hello? Can you hear me? Yes. Yes, I can hear you. I'm down here. I can see you. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm not hurt, but I won't be able to hold on for much longer. Jack realizes that that he knows this voice. He kind of looks up and he tries to figure out who this is says, who are you and where are you? I'm the Lord, Jack. I'm everywhere. The Lord? You mean like God? That's me. God, please help me. I promise if you save me, I'll stop sinning. I'll be a really good person. I'll serve you for the rest of my life. Uh, Easy on the promises, Jack. Let's just get you down from here first. Now listen very, very carefully. This is what I need you to do. I'll do anything, Lord. Just tell me what to do. All right, Jack. I need you to let go. What? Jack, I said, I need you to let go of the branch. You need to trust me. Let go. As the echo disappeared into the canyon, a very, very awkward silence ensued. Jack finally broke the silence. With help, help. Is there anybody else up there? Help. And how often is that us? God comes and he's like, hey, here's the way forward. And we say, Lord, I thank you so much for what you have done and how you do it. But but I I think this is a better way. I think I know a better way. I think I can figure this out for myself. When Paul tells us, to hold up this shield of faith, to hold up this faith. It implies that we have been given faith. It implies that it's something that, that's a gift that you just take hold of and hold up. It's not something that you do. It's not something that you conjure up inside of yourself. But it's something that is a gift that you take hold of and that you act on. Where does this faith come from? Romans 10 and verse 17 says, Faith comes from hearing, and that is hearing the good news about Christ. Faith comes from hearing, that is hearing the good news about Christ. What is the good news about Christ? The good news is the account of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And that account shows us very, very vividly just what God is willing to to go through what lengths he is willing to go to to have a relationship with you and me it, let me get this right it shows us that he is willing to endure anything to set us free from the bondage of sin and shame and to reconcile us to himself That is the good news. The good news is God revealing His character to us, revealing His endless love for us. And that is what we get to trust. That is who we get to trust. That is the faith that we have been given, is to trust in the character of God. So often our faith is in a situation changing. So often our faith is is in this relationship that needs to be mended. So often our, our faith is in someone needs to be healed. Other times our faith can be that government would lead well and that social change might come. Our faith is in a lot of things, isn't it? Question is, is there a chance, just maybe, that our faith might be misplaced. And what Paul is is telling us is to trust in the one who has shown himself to be trustworthy. Situation and circumstances are shaky. They change all the time. But God is a firm and solid and stable foundation. And we can trust him. We can know that He is who He says He is, that He never changes, that He never changes His mind, that He's always dependable. When we place our trust in God, in the truth of how much He loves us, in the truth of how much He wants the best for every single one of us, suddenly that quenches all those fiery arrows of doubt, of fear, of temptation. And I can stand firm in the truth of who he is and not just hope that maybe, possibly, that situation will get better. Maybe, possibly, that thing will change. See, one of the problems is is that faith can mean different things. Faith can mean faithfulness. It can mean absolute trust. It can mean a confident hope. Or a problem is that it can also mean this barren belief in my personal abilities. And so often we hold on to this barren belief of our personal abilities that I can white-knuckle this. Lord, I will show you how much faith I have to trust you for this thing. Is your faith in the thing... Or is your faith in the person of the living God? The faith that Paul uses here, the the meaning of faith that Paul uses in all of his writings really, is very, very closely connected to the saving grace of God. It continually points to faith and to grace as this gift that God gives us. Ephesians 2 and verse 8 is a great example. Ephesians 2 and verse 8 says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. God saved you when you believed, but you can't take credit for this. That's so important to remember that. All right? It is a gift from God. So it's God's grace not our faith, not something that we've conjured up in ourselves that gives us relationship with Him. Both grace and faith are His gifts. And that grace and that faith puts us on a path of meaning and purpose in Christ. Every time we trust, we get back on the path of meaning and purpose. It's not faith. It's not trusting in outcomes. It's not trusting that things will be better or Brighter or more prosperable, I don't know. It is a trust in God's character. I will tell you a, a personal story. Um, back in 2012, uh, my mom got sick and she went to the doctor and the doctor said, Hey, there is this growth that needs to be removed. The removal of this growth entailed brain surgery so we prayed. We prayed a lot. My mom went for the surgery, and when the surgery took way longer than what it was supposed to, man, do we pray. Sat in a waiting room and just prayed and prayed and prayed. My mom got out of the surgery, and in fact, she was, she was doing pretty good. She was recovering At the rate that the doctor would would be hoping that she would recover. When one afternoon, my my dad drives home. And on his way home, he gets into a car accident. And he passes away on the scene. Did we pray wrong? Did we trust wrong? You see, that afternoon, that very same afternoon, my mom had a bit of a setback. And that setback slipped her into a coma. And she never recovered from that coma. Until 12 days later, she passed away. We trusted God. But our perfect outcome never happened. Was was our faith disappointed? Were we let down? My wife is sitting here on the second row. Unequivocally, I can tell you no. Our faith was not disappointed. Our faith was not let down because our faith was never in a situation. Our faith was never in survival. Our faith was never in healing. Our faith was in the character of the living God. Were we sad? Exceptionally. We grieved, we were unsettled, we were unsure. unsure. But I'll be honest with you, if anything, our faith was strengthened. Because we got to personally know the one who draws closer than a brother in your time of need. We got to learn that he is faithful and that he never leaves us, he never forsakes us. And that he carries us forward and he has a plan and a purpose. doesn't matter what happens around you. He carries you forward. So faith is not something we do to get God's attention. Not for a moment. Don't get caught up in that. Faith is not something that we do so that we can have nice things. So that we can have life our way. All right? Faith is in someone we trust. Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews, uh, comes and he writes a whole entire chapter that's kind of this hall of heroes. He sets up this museum in words that we get to walk through and, and, and see all the heroes of faith. And he repeats this word over and over and over again, or this Phrase over, He says, by faith, by faith, by faith, this happened, that happened. He spoke like this. He says, by faith, Abraham obeyed. By faith, Sarah believed. By faith, Isaac promised. By faith, Jacob blessed. By faith, Joseph commanded. By faith, Moses led. By faith, Mo- Israel went through the sea. By faith, Israel went through the river. By faith, Israel walked around the city. And by faith, Rahab, a prostitute, was saved. And over and over and over again, you can go and read Hebrews 11. Their faith was not in circumstances changing, because they were facing some rough circumstances at times. Their faith was never in an obstacle being removed. No, no, no. Their faith was in who God is. And that's why they moved. That's why they acted. And that is why they responded in faith to who God is. So back to those fiery darts. Those things that get thrown at us. That so easily cripple us and make everything catch fire. When doubt comes... Did God really say, yep, 66 bookfuls, bookful, hmm, yeah, 66 books of God says. Over and over and over, he says, over and over and over, he shows us what his character is like. Go and read his word when doubt comes. How about temptations? She'll never know, and what they don't know won't hurt them. Honestly, when we step into a relationship with God, what God is looking to do is to reproduce the character of Christ in each and every one of us. And the character of Christ, his character, his trust, his relationship with me will not be traded for temporary pleasures and for temporary escapes. We get to hold on to the character. Of God. We get to trust in his character. How about when fear, when fear comes? When you feel it rising up inside of you. How do you answer fear? Well the truth is that God holds my future. He walks with me through my failures. And through my disappointments. I am forgiven. Doesn't matter what's happened. Doesn't matter what the consequences are. I am Forgiven if I'm following him in relationship. See, God loves me and he treasures relationship with me. Those truths conquer fear. That is the character of God, that is who he is and what he is like for each and every one of us. And that's how we get to stop those fiery arrows from creating havoc in our lives. Now, as I've spoken this morning, you might think, wow, that, the theory is fantastic. That just sounds so beautiful. But I'll be honest with you. It, it's not always that simple. And, and I want to I wanna make this statement, that faith might only come at the end of a wrestling match. Faith might only come at the end of a wrestling match. Why do I say that? God, in the Old Testament, calls his people Israel. That name, Israel, comes from a guy named Jacob. Genesis 32, you can go read it. Genesis 32, he gets into this wrestling match with either God or his angel. It's kind of hard to figure out. point is, he's wrestling, and he's holding on, and he says, I won't let go of you. Until you bless me. At one point, his hip is even put out of place. Which sounds very, very bad. But he's holding on for all he's worth, and he's saying, I'm not letting go until you bless me. To which God gives him another name. Changes changes his name from, from Jacob or Deceiver. That's a nice name. You know, if you're thinking of naming your kids, you know, just think about it, but he changes his kid's name from, oh, his kid, yeah, he is, he changes Jacob's name from deceiver to the one who contends with God, or the one who God contends for. He blesses him by giving him purpose. So God calls these people Israel. He calls his people those who are willing to wrestle with me. Why does he do that? He calls them those who are willing to engage with me. He calls them those who are willing to sweat it out and hang on and trust when things don't make sense. On the way to understanding. God says, my people are ready for a fight. My people will keep coming back to grow, to heal, to be set free. Now that's faith. It's when we trust in the character of God. It's when we're willing to engage with him, to read his word, to engage with these people and go, that doesn't make sense. God, help and over and over, go back to him and say, Lord, I trust your character. Lord, but this thing doesn't work out in my mind. Help. And go back, and go back, and go back, and go back. I've realized in my life that if I read God's word and I don't agree with it, I know who's wrong. And I'm guessing it's not him. It's that simple. And that complicated all at once. As the band comes back up, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 7 says, For we live by believing and not by seeing. The NIV says, For we live by faith and not by sight. We live by the character of God, by holding on to Him, by trusting Him in everything that we face every single day of our lives. Not by something that we can conjure up in our sight in ourselves. Because can I trust what I conjure up in myself? Yes, I can to bring me trouble over and over and over again. I want to end off with this story. In, in the American Civil War, Abraham Lincoln met with this group of ministers for, for a prayer breakfast. And Lincoln wasn't much of a churchgoer. But he was a man of of deep and and often unconventional faith. Somewhere during the breakfast, one of these ministers speaks up and he says, Mr. President, let us pray that God is on our side. Lincoln responds and he says, I love I love the understanding and the insight that his answer gives Lincoln responds and he says No gentlemen Let us pray That we are on God's side See the minister is saying that maybe we, can, maybe we can engage our faith and twist God's arm Lincoln says "No, no I, I'm willing to change sides if I have to But above all else, I want to be on his side first, trusting the character of God. You see, he reminds these ministers that faith is not a tool to get God to do our bidding, to get God to give us nice things, to get God to do what we want, but it's an invitation. It's an invitation to open ourselves to being who God wants us to be, to doing what God wants us to do. My heart this morning is that we will be open to that invitation of God drawing us into what He has for us. Of God drawing us into who He is and what He is like. So this is kind of a, there's an innuendo here. If you lack faith this morning, If you're not sure how to trust in the character of God if you're saying I don't know enough about God to trust in his character I want to pray with you I want to ask you to just there in your seat stand up and I would love to get a couple of people around you to just put their hands on your shoulders and go we're trusting the King of Kings And the Lord of Lords with you and for you and we are connecting our trust in the character of God to your willingness to go Lord I want to trust in your character so if that's you this morning if you're saying I'm lacking a bit of faith will you stand up right there in your seat It's going to take a little bit of courage now I want to ask all those faithful heroes around you Because you're sitting, so you should be. Uh, I want to ask those faithful heroes around you, will you just put a hand on that shoulder? And you don't have to pray. You're just saying, hey, we love you and we trust God with you. Will you go ahead and do that? Just a couple of folks around. Father God, this morning, we just come to you and we say, we, we accept your invitation, Lord, to step into what you have for us. And Lord, so often our faith and our trust fails because we might not know you. Lord, our faith and our trust fails because we don't see things the way you do. Lord, I thank you that we can trust you to give us faith and grace as a gift, as we've read in your word this morning. And Father, you come and you you raise up your truth in those hearts, in those lies, that folks can hold on to who you are and what you are like and know that they'll never be disappointed if they trust you. Lord, I thank you that that you speak into the circumstances they're facing, Lord. And Lord, sometimes you change them. But I thank you, Lord, that while they're going through it, they will know that they know that they know that you are with them every single step of the way. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. We trust that you found this message valuable. For more information on who we are or how you can get involved, please check out our website at or connect with us through social media on Facebook or Instagram. Beyond that, have a great day.